Yo, what's good, my legends? Welcome back to Hang My Jersey, the podcast. I'm your producer and creator of this content, Kendall Showers, man. It's so good to have y'all back with us, man. It's so good to be back with y'all. I know it's been a while, like literally a minute. I didn't even realize how long it had been since the last episode I recorded. I knew it had been a minute, but I didn't realize it was like in January, like this last episode I dropped. So, I mean, I've just been going through life, man, like everybody else, you know, experiencing things, um, you know, and, and trying to grow and be better. Um, but I can honestly say at this point right now, just having the inspiration to record again and, uh, you know, just going through what I've gone through, man, I've grown so much from uh, mental and emotional, spiritual, uh, physical standpoint. Like it's, it's ridiculous, man, but that's just life, man. You got to roll with it, man. Sometimes some stuff happens to you and, you know, we don't know how to handle it, but you got to roll with the punches, man. That's, that's life. You know, you're going to get hit with some stuff from left field, but most importantly is, is once you realize you have ultimate control. And what I mean by that is just how you react to stuff. You can't control the things that happen to you or what happens around you, but you do control everything about how you react and, and how it affects you, like how you feel about it. So I just want to leave y'all with that caveat, man. I want to give a little shout out to my little nephew, Carter. Love you, little man. My boy's birthday just passed a couple of days ago, so happy belated. Um, but I also want to give a shout out to my international followers, man. During the hiatus, I had a follower in Germany and another one in Switzerland. They both speak English and they listen to the podcast man and they have been hitting me up over the past couple months like bro where's the podcast <laughs> like yo it's been a while like yo i forgot like you know you even i loved your podcast bro like you haven't dropped anything so um shout out to y'all man i promise you i'm gonna send y'all this link personally to y'all messages man once i get this uploaded and downloaded man i appreciate y'all for rocking with me i didn't even know i had listeners foreign across the water like you know what i'm saying i'm international i'm across the country you feel me hey my jersey global now <laughs> we good but man you know we gotta get it started with our tip off topic man and i was having a conversation with some young ladies um and the convo was about you know how do you know who your real friends are and i found that like so interesting i was like oh snap like because I feel like it's talked about a lot, but it's really not. Like, it's not talked about enough. Like, because it's such a weird, because everybody's relationship with their friends is so different, right? So it's such a great area of conversation. But when we were talking, I realized that we all experience similar things with our friends. So uh, one of the girls had asked everybody, like, you know, how do you know who your real friends are? They were having a conversation about something that one of their friends had did to them. And, you know, they were having going back and forth on it. So I'm not going to put their business out there, get too, you know, in depth with it. But basically, I was saying that based off the situation that happened to them, that that probably wasn't their real friend. And coming from somebody like me, I have two types of friends and they're both family to me because I call my real friends my brothers and my and my like my female friends like they're like my sisters. Uh, but I have two types of friends. So I've had like the same circle of friends all my life like since the Sandlot. So those are really my day ones. And I have another group of friends that have literally just been down since I met them from day one. So like, you know, I could have met them a couple years ago, but they've just been real ever since I met them. So I got my people that I've known from the Sandlot. And then I got my day ones that, you know, just been real since I met them. But one thing that's been constant between all of my friends is the respect and keeping it real with me. So what I mean by keeping it real with me and is like when i'm right when i'm wrong they gonna tell me 
they're gonna check me now you might not check me in front of people like if we in front of people like people we don't know having something i do something wrong you may you may have you gonna ride with me in front of randoms but when we get in the car when we get in our personal shit you're gonna be like bro that was fucked up like you was wrong for that like real friends like you know what i'm saying that's got my back through everything and i done did some dumb stuff and my friends that did some dumb stuff but i mean man we got each other's backs and and that's what's important at the end of the day man respect like you know I I may not as a a person just as a human being I may not like everything that you do or that you you know have done but if I tell you the truth like if I if I can tell you the truth I'm not lying to you I'm not sugarcoating it I'm not enabling you like you can respect me for that and I can respect my friends for that because they just keeping it real with me no matter what no matter if I like it or not they're gonna keep it real with me and that's how I said I know who my real friends are or the ones that's just gonna keep it real with me no matter the the cost of the situation now for these young ladies I was having a conversation with that wasn't the case for them they couldn't decipher um like you know if the person was keeping it real with them or if they were just hating like jealousy and envy and I feel like that happens a lot, not just with women, just with in general, like people have people around them that don't have their best interest at heart or aren't really their real friends. Like, I feel like nowadays stuff is so conditional for a lot of people. Right. Um, Whether you like somebody is conditional based off of what they do for you or how they act. Um, If if you real cool with somebody, if they do something that pisses you off, then y'all ain't really cool no more. Like, I don't really believe y'all were friends. Like, because I believe as people, we go through disagreements, we go through problems, we go through issues. None of us are perfect. But communication and working through that is really what makes you or is the test of is that you're really a friend or not. And I've been through that with all my friends. Like, we've been through situations, <laughs> crazy situations, but situations nonetheless. But I feel like at the end of the day, they have my best interest. They have my back. It wasn't no hidden envy or no jealousy. It's certain things that I needed from them. And it's certain things they needed from me, like that, you know, that we needed from each other. But that's the bond we created over being friends. And and that just stayed true. Like, that's just always stayed true. Like certain friends, like, you know, they can get whatever out of me and vice versa. Like, you know, like, but that's that's how I knew that was my real friends. And, and for some people who may be experiencing that too yourself, like y'all may be going through that right now. Like, you don't know if this person really down for you. Like, I've, I could never understand or be one of them people. That's like, oh, talk shit about this person one day and then be out in the club with them or hanging out with them the next day or like a week later. Like that 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 shit just crazy to me that people talk shit about their close friends. I'd be like, I'm done with this person. They crazy. Uh, and and then be hanging out with them the next day. Relationships are different. But uh, when it comes to your friends, like, you know, I've, I've never been like one of those fake people, man. Like I would never go talk dirt about my friends to somebody else. Like, you know, I just talk to my friend about it. Like, so we can get to the bottom of it. Cause at the end of the day, that's my friend. And I don't have a lot of friends. I have a lot of acquaintances and, and stuff and people I'm cool with, but I really don't have a lot of friends. My, my friend circle is severely tight. Like I said, most of my friends I've known all my life. So it's, it's severely tight, man. So and they family man and it's a real family so i really mean that like i really mean what i say but yeah i'm just curious man we're gonna drop this question on the instagram page man how do you know who your real friends are like what makes a real friend not just a friend like what makes a real friend somebody you consider family somebody you go through thick and thin with what makes a real friend to y'all all right my legends y'all know what time it is it's time for the windmill segment man so for this windmill segment i want to talk about the nfl of course 
Um, and, you know, preseason's right now starting. Maria season's about to start in about a week or two. So, you know, the games are getting serious, players are getting serious. We haven't had as much injuries or as many injuries, at least to the main star players that, you know, I've seen in years past. So I think that's good. I mean, maybe that's an improvement or maybe that's credit to, you know, these teams' strength and conditioning coaches or programs. Like, maybe they're getting better with that. But I haven't seen the major injuries early in the preseason or in the season yet. So that's a good thing. Cross our fingers and keep that. But what I really want to get into is the young quarterbacks that were drafted this past year and or in the past two years, I should say, and how promising they look. Um you know, Trevor Lawrence with my Jags, you know what I'm saying? We got sunshine. Uh, but it's a lot of other Zach Wilson, uh, Trey Lance, uh, Justin Fields. Um, all those young quarterbacks, at least from what I've seen in preseason action, you see why they were all drafted high in the first round. Like you sort of see in the talent level. The talent is there and their traits and their tools and what they can do. And why they can be honestly starters sooner rather than later and why they can be in the league a long time. Um, and even if I go back to the previous year with some of those quarterbacks, uh, Tua in particular from Miami, Tua Tagovailoa, a lot of people were talking about, you know, after last year, he was a bust a little bit. Like, he was never going to be a good quarterback, like, because he's just not mobile enough or, you know, he doesn't have the arm strength. And I, I found that a little funny, man, because, and this happens a lot in the sports world, if people aren't good right away like as soon as they touch down in the, in the league then people like to write them off as a bust or you know or they're not good enough and i'm like everybody's trajectory isn't the same like nobody comes into the league and becomes the best player year one and people love to throw patrick mahomes out there but patrick mahomes didn't play year one like he sat and learned behind a good quarterback at alex smith and they were already a playoff team they already had everything you needed he got put in a good situation and in year two, he exploded. But, I mean, had Patrick Mahomes got drafted to the, the Jets or something, like a worse team with not the structure of the Chiefs with Andy Reid, I don't even think the Chiefs have had many losing seasons in my lifetime. I'm 26. Chiefs have maybe probably had a few. I can count on one hand how many losing seasons they didn't probably had. So, I mean, he went into a good, solid organization with a great coach and Andy Reid and great coordinators, Eric Bieniemy. Um, who should be a head coach. I don't understand why he's not. That's another conversation we'll get into, another topic on another podcast about the lack of black coaches, which I've talked about before. Um, but we'll definitely get into how he got hosed. Um, but, yeah, these young quarterbacks, man, they're they looking exciting, man. I don't – I'm pretty – I think the league is in good hands, man. It's a it's a usher. Like, it's an era of QBs that are heading out and that are already going, like Drew Brees. Tom Brady will be next soon, Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, these great quarterbacks, like, that we've been used to seeing for, like, past 10, 15 years, like, eventually they'll be going. But the league is in such good hands because this quarterback class that came in, they'll probably be the guys for their teams for the next 10, 15 years. At least I'm hoping so in Jacksonville, man. I got Trevor Lawrence, man. I hope Trevor Lawrence here for the next 20 years. I have never had a quarterback in Jacksonville. <laughs> As a Jaguars fan, we have never had a quarterback. Our best quarterback in history most people would say Mark Brunel. Me personally, I think it's David Garrod. That's just me. Um, you know, and nobody got to agree with me on that, Jags fans. But I think it's David Garrod, personally. For what he did and, like, how he came on the scene, too, I think it's David Garrod. But I, I understand Mark Brunel because in the years, you know, we made playoffs, AFC Championship games back-to-back. -back. So I, I get it. I get why they would say Mark Brunel.
But these young quarterbacks have shown a lot, man, just in limited action. Um, I, I think the league is in good hands, man, uh, moving forward. I did not like the rule they just implemented, like this taunting rule, like basically stopping players from celebrating after big plays. Like, I, I think they threw a flag on a guy in the preseason. There was a running back for the Colts. I can't think of his name. But the guy literally carried, like, four or five dudes on his back. Like, and these dudes big dudes, bro. The running back, the dude was, like, 5'9", maybe maybe 200 pounds, bro. He carrying D-linemen, linebackers on his back for, like, an extra 10 yards. And so he hyped after. He didn't get in nobody facing nothing. He was just like, let's go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for those of y'all who play football, my legends that play football or play football, like, y'all know how y'all do. Like, you know, when you make a big play, you hype. You're like, let's go. They are flagging people for that now, which is crazy to me. Like, I don't understand how you flag somebody for, like, celebrating. And football especially, man, it's such an emotional sport. Like, you have to get – you have to be in a certain mindset to play football in general. I don't care what level you're at. You got to have a certain mindset to go out there and hit people and run into people at full speed. That that in itself isn't natural or normal. <laughs> so you got to be in a certain mindset. But in NFL, you really got to love football. Like, I don't know nobody that plays in the NFL or has had a long career in the NFL that didn't love football. Because you can't be one foot in and one foot out in the NFL. Because it's a dude that's, you know, a middle linebacker that's 5'11", 6 foot, 240, that runs a 4'4", four, 4'5", four, four, that's coming for your head because he got to feed his three kids, <laughs> you know, at the crib. So, you know, it's a little bit bigger than football for them at this point. You know, they got families they got to protect and, you know, provide for. You know, they're the breadwinner. A lot of times, once you make it to these levels, you're the breadwinner for your family, man. You the guy or the, the girl that, you know, is going to, you know, make millions of dollars and change your whole family structure. So, I I don't I don't like what the NFL is doing. They call it the no fun league, and it really is the no fun league, man, for real. But as far as these quarterbacks, man, I'm really looking forward to Trevor Lawrence. I want them to start Justin Fields and just get it over with, man. Their O line looking trash right now from the preseason games, the Chicago Bears, that is. But Andy Dalton don't need to be the starter, man. You already know what Andy Dalton is. Put him as a backup, vet backup. Start your rookie, bro. That's why you drafted him. But if they want to take it slow, like take it slow, that's cool. But, I mean, if they go out and lose a lot of games this year, I don't think the head coach and Matt Nagy and, and Ryan Pace, the GM, are going to be there. So, sort of like, you know, you sort of might as well put in your youngin because you ain't going to be there next year anyway. Like, y'all jobs ain't secure no way. So, put in the young guys. The Jets are going to Jets. They're going to be sorry for a while, at least for a two years probably but if zach you know comes out on fire he can change that um trey lance you already know what you about to get out of trey honestly i think trey i think trey gets the nod over i think trey gets the nod over jimmy at some point in the season like he's just more physically gifted than jimmy he has a better arm Obviously, he could run the ball. Like, he's bigger, stronger. Like, eventually, like, he's Kyle Shanahan's guy. He didn't draft him to sit and ride the pond. So, we'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, I want to I wanna ask y'all legends. We'll drop this on the Instagram page, man. Which quarterback you think I had the best year this year out of all the rookies? Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, or Trey Lance? Which quarterback has the best year? I want to hear what y'all think. I'm going to continue on with our windmill segment, Legends, with this. So the NBA draft happened this past summer. NBA Summer League just ended maybe, I believe, it was a week ago. And from what I saw in the Summer League, like, the talent in this past NBA draft 
was elite like elite even in the second round like you had some good talent man these kids are getting better and better at basketball um if i'm just talking about the top two Cade and Jalen green from what i see out of Cade cunningham um eventually in detroit they drafted a guy named killian hayes last year the year before and he's a point guard, 6'5", lefty, sort of, you know, smooth point guard, you know, can create, sort of shifty. He's not quick. He doesn't have elite athleticism or anything like that. But he's a developing guy. He can grow to be a decent player. But it's sort of going to be like Dallas when they had Dennis Smith Jr. and he had his good year. And then they drafted Luka and he tried to play them both. And then they just realized, okay, this isn't going to work. Like, we might as well just let Luka run the point because he's the best playmaker on the team. He's a better playmaker than Dennis Smith Jr. So, I mean, Luka damn near triple-double every game, averaging. So, Dennis Smith Jr. didn't like that, but it was the best thing for the Mavericks. And now Dennis Smith Jr. is trying to make it in the league. But Cade is 6'8", like 210, 220. Um, And he probably needs to play at point for Detroit to get the most out of him and for him to hit his potential. Um, I feel like he is that's a great comparison for him is Luka Doncic and he can do everything he can shoot uh, he had a game in the summer league against my Knicks out of all the people where he hit like six threes I think six seven threes um, he can play make you know he can pass um, he's strong he's actually a better attacker to basket than I thought um, he's he's very physical man um, just he has an NBA he's ready for the NBA his game is ready for the NBA like it, it's here and so a lot of people, you know, thought that, you know, maybe they should go with Jalen Green, who went number two to the Houston Rockets. Now, speaking on the Houston Rockets, bro, they had an amazing draft. Like the guys they picked, Jalen Green, um, Josh Christopher out of California, went to Arizona State. And this guy from Turkey, uh, Sengun, <laughs> Alfred Sengun, man, he's a bucket. He's nice too, man. But Jalen Green right now, can go in the league, and he's probably going to average 22, like his rookie year. Like, if you saw the moves Jalen Green was doing in the summer league, like he had got hurt, pulled a little hammy, so they pulled him the rest of the summer league. But the two, three games he played, oh, my gosh, like just a bucket. Like just right now he's a bucket getter. Like, Like right now, like I'm trying to think of a player comparison for him. He's like Zach Levine. As far as, like, play style a little bit, ah, I can't even say that. Like, all right, let me put it this way. He's Zach Levine's athleticism, but right now he sort of has the scoring moves and prowess of Bradley Beal. Now, he's not the shooter Bradley Beal is right now, but he's more advanced right now than what Bradley Beal was coming into the league. Like, easily, easily. Um, he's, he's a bucket getter, bro. He's going average 20 year one if he doesn't it'll be like 17 18 but at some point in his nba career if he stays healthy he's gonna average 30 points like he's just a bucket like so now you put john wall in the picture with them young guys kj martin they got kenya martin's son with alfred Sengun. they still got christian wood with josh christopher and Jalen green on the side with wall running a point they going to be all right. Now, they may not win a lot of games early because you don't win games in the NBA with young players. It just doesn't work that way. But, I mean, John Wall is probably the perfect guy to run with them because they're just going to run. They're just going to get up and down the court. They're going to be exciting to watch. Like They're going to be exciting. 
Um, a lot of other summer league standouts, man. It was a good draft, man. Evan Mobley went to the Cavs. Like his like his ceiling to me is like Anthony Davis. He's gonna be like a mixture of Anthony Davis and Chris Bosch. Like he can do everything, like eventually he'll fill out, but like his ceiling is like Anthony Davis to me. Um Scotty Barnes to the Raptors, which was a little bit of a surprise to me. I thought it'd go with sucks. Um, but Scotty Barnes is like that guy, like OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, that guy that can sort of all around, that can do everything. That's the type of guys Toronto likes. Jalen Suggs went five to the Magic, just to round out the top five for you. Um, I'm going to get into a little bit of the surprises for the Summer League to me. So the guys that went to the G League route, um, well, at least the ones we saw play, the main ones, Jalen Green did great. Jonathan Kaminga for the Warriors. He can't shoot right now, but his body, 6'8", 220. Like, you know, he's a bully going to the bucket. And he's athletic, just uber athletic. Like, man, he he got bunnies, man. He got bunnies. So, I mean, at 6'8", six, 6'9", six, like, you know, swing forward, like 3'4". Like, as, as soon as he gets a jump shot down, consistent mid-range, you know, which will come with time, he's going to be a problem. Like, his athletic ability is just too much. Um, Davion Mitchell was the biggest surprise to me from the draft. Man, Davion looks great. Like, he just looks like lockdown defender, and his scoring is a lot better than what I thought it was. I was questioning why the Kings drafted him with De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton from last year, and Davion Mitchell's on like 6'2". So I was like, where is he going to play? But I just he's just a defensive guy, man. He's just one of those culture guys, and he can score. His scoring is better than what I thought it was. Even though he improved every year in college from a scoring aspect, um, it's a lot better than what I thought it was. And his playmaking as well. Like, he, he doesn't turn the ball over. He makes good decisions. He's just a dog, man. He just plays with a lot of energy, man. Like, he just plays with a lot of energy. <laughs> Definitely. Um, uh, James Booknight for Charlotte. Shout out to Leangelo Ball, man. Everybody thought he was just on that because his brother. Like, he can't really hoop, man. Leangelo was out there hooping, man. Like, right now, Leangelo is a knockdown shooter. I'll even go out on a limb right now and say Leangelo Ball is the best shooter out of all the brothers. Like, out of Lonzo and LaMelo. At this point, Leangelo is a shooter. Like, confident, knockdown shooter. Like, right now, if he got a shot on the NBA roster, he would probably average, like, 38 to 40% from the three-point line. Like, he's a knockdown NBA shooter. Now, I don't know about the rest of this game, like, defense. He has some nice plays where, you know, he got some steals. He stayed in front of his man. Um, you know, he get attacked the bucket a few times. He's a big body though, man. He's like 6'5, 6'4, like 230, 240. He's like Marcus Smart type build. So if he can shoot and play defense of any kind, he's gonna make it in the league, man. But the Hornets are gonna be another one of those good, young, fun teams. They got a guy named Kai Jones. Whoo! Man from the Bahamas. Shout out to my homeboy Kai too from the Bahamas. Two four two. But, uh, yeah, man, Kai's just uber-athletic, man. And you throw him in there with Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington and Kelly Oubre, man. It's going to be a lot of alleys in Charlotte. And shout-out to the Hornets, too. They got, like, literally the best announcers in the NBA, man. Them them dudes, like, are so animated. Like, shout-out to them, man. But some other guys that showed out, uh, James Booknight also plays for the Hornets. He did okay. Josh Primo. The youngest guy in the draft, like, people thought, like, you know, he was sort of a reach but for the Spurs, but he actually did pretty good. Chris Duarte, who was a Knicks target, um, he did pretty good for the Pacers. Moses Moody's just a good shooter, good scorer for the Warriors. Warriors going to be straight, man. They got some good rookies, man. 
Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper for the Hawks, man. Oof, Jalen Johnson is a guy he went to Duke. That's my guy for real. Looks great, man. Look great. Look like John Collins could take John Collins' job. Now, I know John Collins just signed a five-year deal, but let's say Jalen Johnson, you know, reaches his full potential. Probably could take – they can probably trade John Collins in two, three years into the deal, you know. So, I'm looking forward to that. I also can't get out of here without talking about my Knicks, man. My Knicks look good, man, in pre in the summer league. Uh, we drafted Miles McBride, Quentin Grimes, two guards, man, tough guards. Um, but Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin are, are two rookies from last year. I really like the development they showed in the summer league. Obi was taking threes, taking like 10 threes a game almost. But that's what you need to see in the summer league, and he was hitting, though. That's the most important. Because if he can start hitting threes, he's going to carve out a bigger role on the big team. But he has to hit those perimeter shots in order to carve out that role. And with quickly with IQ, I think they want to see more playmaking from him. We know he can score the ball, but I think they want to see better shot selection and better playmaking. And you saw it both in Vegas in the summer league. You saw him score. He had a couple 20-point games, a 30-point-plus game. Had the games with multiple assists, almost double-digit assists. And, of course, you know he's going to shoot the three ball. But another thing I like from him, aside from his improved playmaking, which was drastically needed, was him getting to the basket a little bit more. He has this tendency to, like, not go all the way to the basket and shoot a floater, mainly because, I guess, his finishing ability or just adapting to the league, bigger players, you know, more athletic. But he never got to the rim. In this summer league, he was getting to the rim, and I enjoyed that because that's what he's going to need. He doesn't really have to worry about the playmaking opportunities because now we have Derrick Rose back and Kimball Walker, so he's not really going to be playing a lot of points. He's going to be in the game playing strictly two guard to get shots off. And make sure he can throw those live passes to Mitch and Nerlens off the pick and roll game. So, I mean, it looked pretty good. I say my biggest surprise of the whole summer league. I give you two surprises. I would say Jericho Sims for the Knicks was a big man out of Texas. Texas just seems to pump out drafted big man like they're like big man factory right now. Um, but man, yeah, man, he he just looks ready, man. He's big athletic he's fast he's the most athletic guy in the draft like he's probably right now like probably top 10 top 15 most athletic guys in the league and he just got drafted but he's just a big who gets it man he, he runs he runs the floor hard he he blocks shots he catches alleys like he just knows his role he doesn't get too much out of his role and then i'll say the other guy that really impressed me a lot that was like a big surprise and i mean even though he was a first like round draft pick Still a big surprise, like I said, was Jalen Johnson, man. Like, I knew he had potential at Duke, but he left the season. He left the year early. Like, he had some issues with foot, then COVID, and some other things. So, he just left the year, like, early, like, midseason to get ready for the draft. But you see all the talent that why he could have been a top 10 pick, and he fell to 20 to Atlanta Hawks. So, for a team that just made the the conference finals, Eastern Conference finals, y'all just infl- y'all just basically flooded y'all team again with young talent. Um, I'm still a big Cam Reddish fan. I think he's really their next superstar if they just give him a chance as a two-way player. But you got Sharif Cooper, too, who balled out in the Summer League, almost averaged a double-double, like, points and assists-wise. I think he led the NBA Summer League in assists, actually. So, I mean – they got young talent to supplement with those other young talented guys. The Hawks are going to be a problem for a while. They should be a problem as long as they got Trey Young and and the rest of those guys keep it pushing. So, hey, I'm looking forward to the NBA season, man. I'm really looking forward to it, man. It's a lot of good young talent in the league. 
Um, I don't know who y'all favorites are, man, for the title, man. The Nets are going to be back fully healthy. We'll see how they fill out their roster with buyouts, market, and stuff. Same thing with the Lakers, man. The Lakers traded for Russ. You know, I don't know how it's going to work out between Russ, LeBron, and AD. I, me, personally, I know they needed another playmaker, like, to take some of that off of LeBron. But Russ needs the ball in his hands when he's most effective, man. Maybe, like, when LeBron goes off the court, they can just let Russ cook which probably would be best. but And I like all the shooters they added, older dudes, Kent Bazemore. They got some young dudes in there like Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn, which speaking of Kendrick Nunn, bro, I understand you want you took less money to go play for a title, but, bro, you an undrafted dude. I think he's like 26. Bro, if you don't get your money, don't worry about that title stuff later. Go play and earn your big money, bro. Like, you was undrafted. Go get your bread. But, I mean, you're on a championship team, so, I, hey, it is what it is. I um, mean, you know, they brought in back to white. So they brought some good vets around to play. My whole issue is them boys got to be ready for the season. I think Trevor Rees is signing back with them too. Like they got to be ready like when the playoffs start. They got to be healthy. They're an older team. So like y'all got to be healthy come playoffs. Y'all don't have a lot of young youth in there to supplement when y'all are hurt or when y'all missing games. So they got to be healthy come playoff time. Because they're going to be the favorites out west. Um, I'm sorry, I love the Warriors, but the Warriors ain't going to be back. Clay's not going to be 100% when he comes back. Like, back to old Clay. He's not going to be right back to that. If he was, then the Warriors would be right there with the Lakers to me. But, I mean, we'll, we'll see if the Warriors might pull a trade. They got those two young pieces they drafted, and they got some picks next year. And they got some players. So, I mean, they might pull a trade for a superstar, maybe like a Dame or a Bradley Beal. I don't know. I ain't got no indication of that. But, I mean, shoot, we'll definitely see how it plays out. And what it's looking like for sure. All right, my legends, we about to come to a wrap. You know, we can't get out of here without paying homage to a legend of the game myself. This is episode number 10, so we got to pay homage to a legend. We're going to get to that in a second. I want to say, man, y'all please follow us on Instagram, man, and hang my jersey the podcast. You feel me? We're going to keep it moving. We got a lot more stuff coming, a lot more content. I'm going to have some guests on here finally. <laughs> I got my other mic fixed, so we good. I'm about to have some more guests on here and hear some of their opinions and some of their voices. And, you know, we still going to drop the playlist, too. You know I got to come with the playlist. So y'all look, check that out for those of y'all who got Spotify. Y'all check that out. The Apple Music tip, I have Apple Music again, right? Because I want that Kanye Donda album. Speaking of Kanye, him and Drake are hilarious. Like, they both of them ain't going to drop their albums till 2022. But Kendrick going to drop before them, and it's going to fuck up both of what they got going on. <laughs> so uh, that's just crazy. Like, speaking of Kendrick, man, this is his last album with TDE. may not be his last musical album, but it's definitely going to be his last album under TDE. And I feel like Kendrick has outgrown TDE, too. I feel like he's his own element. So y'all be on the lookout for that on the Instagram page, man. Hey, my Jersey podcast, uh, the playlist number 10. Um, so y'all be on the lookout for that too as well. But paying homage to our legend, man, we gotta pay homage to the game. And man, that's Clyde the Glide Frazier, man. You know, he a Nick, of course, New York Nick. But man, he's do y'all see how sharp Clyde be? And for those of y'all who don't know who Clyde Wall Frazier is, just Google Clyde Frazier outfits or Clyde Frazier fits. And Clyde be fresh, man. For OG, Clyde be fresh as a motherfucker. <laughs> Clyde be fresh as shit, bro. I'm telling you, bro. Like, Clyde is that OG granddaddy that when it's like a wedding or a big event, that boy step out with the mink coats. Like, his coat game is phenomenal. That's what you need to type in. Clyde Frazier coats. Coat game, phenomenal. Unbeaten. Mink furs. All that. I'm, and I'm just talking about all types of fits, dog. Like, but outside of fits, man, he was one of those cre crucial pieces 
for those Knicks championships in the 70s, in 70 and 73, man. He has career averages of 19 points a game, 49% from the field. Three-point percentage wasn't taken yet, so he don't have any three-point percentage. But six rebounds, six assists, and a steal per game. And those are pretty good numbers. His jersey is hung in the Raptors up for the New York Knicks, too, as well. So you get your jersey hung in Madison Square Garden, you know you're doing something. Speaking of jersey hungs, Carmelo, your jersey need to be hung in Madison Square Garden for everything you did for the Knicks. I just had to throw that out there. And in Denver, too. They need to hang your jersey in Denver, too, for all the, you know, how you left and everything got traded. But they need to hang your jersey in Denver, too, because what you did in Denver was amazing. But that's aside from the point, man. It's about Clyde Frazier, man. A lot of y'all may know Clyde right now because he's an announcer for the Knicks for the MSG Network. Um, So he does a lot of the Knicks games. But Man, a lot of people really forget how smooth Clyde was. Clyde wasn't really a a deep score, deep shooter. Clyde was just good defense, and he just ran the point well, man. He just scored at alarming clip. Now, when it was him and Earl Monroe to Pearl, like when it was the both of them on the team, man, they couldn't stop us, man. They couldn't stop the Knicks back then. They had just never seen two guards that were so gritty on the defensive end but could also go and give you 20 or 30 on any given night. So it really balanced out well for those years they played together. and But Clyde is a legend in New York, man, a legend for the Knicks. And we pay homage to you, man. Thank you for everything you've done for the thing game. Thank you for everything you continue to do for the game of basketball and for people, man. Clyde has done many things in New York to help kids and start programs and fundraisers. Um, so, man, we, we got we to gotta show and pay homage to Clyde and Clyde, man. He's a great man. But that wraps it up for Hang My Jersey, EP10, man. So I'm so glad y'all stuck with me, man. I'm so glad y'all was here with me regarding all this, going through this. Shout out again to my international followers, man. They hit me up about the hiatus, man. I'm back, guys. I'm back. Y'all hit me up again. I'm going to send y'all this link personally. So y'all hit me up again. Y'all tell me what y'all think. Um, But most importantly, man, uh, I, 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 I I initially created this podcast really during the time of my life where I felt like I was lacking purpose. I was lacking direction, right? And so now that essentially almost two years later, uh, not two years, like a year later, almost many years, like in the process of the planning of the podcast, though. But, you know, essentially since the first episode, like a year later, year and a half later, like I really feel like I'm in a different spot now with the podcast. I'm getting better with it. But most likely, like I just I just in a different space and it took me some time to get to the space I'm in now. I'm so much more focused. I'm so much more dedicated um, to my goals, to my dreams, what I want to do, what I want out of life. And I feel like that's important, man. I feel like it's important. I feel like it's important to share with y'all, too, most importantly. So, I mean, I appreciate y'all for rocking with me. Before I get out of here, though, I got to give a big shout out, though, to my little bro, Caleb. Shout out to you, bro. My man got invited to the CP3 Rising All-Stars Camp. And for those of y'all who don't know, it's like a big camp for like uh, eighth and ninth graders, typically. Um, now they do it for ninth and 10th because of COVID, they missed the year. But basically the top, you know, young kids from around the nation, um, 240 kids in his class, and he placed in the top 40. So I think he's on a great track, man. Shout out to you. Congrats to you, man. All your hard work and stuff. This is just another milestone and the many more accomplishments that you have coming and already to the achievements that you've done. I love you, little bro. Keep grinding. We're going all the way to the top, and I'm rocking with you till the wheels fall off. You feel me? So shout out to you. But I appreciate all my legends, man. This is Hang My Jersey, the podcast, and we out. Yeah, Hang My Jersey. I like the sound of that. <laughs>